This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. I want to talk to you about saintly persons. Now, in general, we are pious or impious as a society. Those who are doing good or helping and understanding and those that are causing problems and difficulty and do not understand. But above this level of society, there are what's known as saintly persons. Now, saintly persons are in categories too. It starts at what's known as a Mahatma, a great soul, an individual who is past the doing good, doing bad. He is saintly. He's more concerned with doing altruistic or beneficial activities and essentially hoping that they lead to uh, directing the living beings, human society, toward a godly, saintly, pious lifestyle and progressive attitude. Now, when you get up higher to a Paramahamsa, he is one who has realized all of the scriptures. Not just read them and understood them, but realized them seen them from proper perspective and realize their implications and applications upon society and understands his own position and takes responsibility for being a teacher, uh, someone who is uh, encouraging others. Then you get up to the point of it's called the Acharya and the Acharyas are very few. Now the problem that happens here is it is one of the topmost platforms of human consciousness before you get into expansions or portions or plenary portions of the Supreme Lord called Vishnu Tattva. This person is still a living entity. He's not an empowered Godhead. He's a living entity. But he is the most confidential servant of the Lord. The Lord says in Bhagavad Gita that this is the most important person to him. I want to give you some of the qualities, some of the perspective we have over the Acharya. Generally speaking, a bona fide acharya is concerned about the welfare of the public. He's concerned about helping from a spiritual perspective. He doesn't want followers. He's a confidential servant of the Lord, and his heart is full of compassion. Now, we've discussed on our program many times that humans are compassionate, committed to the truth, saintly by nature. That is humans. We don't see a lot of them that way because society is so degraded and misguided and confused, etc., etc., etc. But that is the real human condition. He's full of compassion for the sufferings of the living entities struggling with their own karma, struggling under the laws of nature, more or less imprisoning themselves under the laws of nature because of their desire to enjoy. Now, this desire to enjoy has two sides to it. When you're desiring to enjoy, you're not desiring to serve. So on one hand, you're implicated in the results of your enjoyment, good or bad. And on the other hand, you're missing or neglecting the opportunity to render service, loving service, transcendental service, devotional service. So this is the real shortage in society. 
is the consciousness that I am an eternal servant and I need to raise above this material social structure and standard and even above the altruistic concept of doing good and rise to the platform of not only engaging in devotional service myself but guiding and encouraging and instructing others how to engage in devotional service. Now this has two pieces to it as well. One being the people need to understand this condition they're in. Now generally speaking, the people don't understand that they're in a fallen condition of society. They're in the clutches of the modes of material nature and they're called prisoners in the material world but they think themselves happy. And this is because they may be rich, they may be powerful, they may have plenty of resources, a variety of things in the same vein. But these foolish people do not know that they are nothing but playthings in the hands of material nature and that at any moment material nature can twist the fate of life, twist their destiny and crush them all of their plans in this society based on enjoyment of, through godless activities. Now this is a foolish prisoner who can, cannot see uh, how to improve their condition. They think that by adjustments and artificial means they can make uh, a solution to these problems. They can relieve themselves from suffering. But the real calamities are repeated birth and death, disease and old age. And they don't address these, yet these are always beyond their control. They're outside of the individual's jurisdiction. Nature controls us. We don't control her. So, if you're not focusing on the real problems of life, it's simply foolishness. You're neglecting to solve the major problems which you can solve in the human form of life. And you're busy with false things and values that cannot solve the real problems. So, we know that we don't want to get old. We know we don't want to suffer. We know we don't want to die. And we don't want to suffer after death. There's so many preparations and concerns and programs and uh, ceremonial things to try to alleviate suffering for the dead. But the real pangs are old age and disease leading to death. So, but under the illusion of material nature and the false concept that they're happy and the false concept that they're the body, they're grossly negligent and they do nothing to solve the real problems of life. This is called illusion. So people held in this illusion, they're forced into difficult situations after death as a result of their activities in this life, which have been neglecting their true responsibility irrespective of how many things and how much money and how much position and all those sort of things they may achieve in the material world, they're neglecting these major things, birth, death, old age, and disease. So they find themselves subject to the results of their struggle.
an additional struggle. So the idea here is not that you should improve yourself from being poor, mis miseducated, misguided, uh, a variety of other uh, non-opulent conditions up to an opulent status of life and that that will be a benefit to you. It's not a benefit. The person in the beneficial status with all facilities and opulences is no better than the person with no facilities and opulence because opulence are not, they are not the goal of life. They're not the true problems of life. So you don't need to get rich to fix your life. And it doesn't matter that you're poor if you want to fix your life. It's a matter of consciousness. And the Acharya is compassionate. He's compassionate to both groups. He's not encouraging one group to raise above the other group. He's encouraging both groups to give up this materialistic conception of suffering and enjoyment all by yourself, for yourself, with yourself, and to the benefit of your temporary families. He's compassionate upon the living entities to stop their cycle of birth and death and return them to their own home, spiritual world, loving devotion, service to God eternally, in bliss and knowledge. The Acharya is sincerely concerned about these things. He spends his life and time coming up with different ways to engage these people in service activities, taking their activities and somehow or another making them devotional, reorientating their thinking process so that they see things in proper perspective. And they begin to come out of the selfishness and step forward into selfless, finally devotional service. So rather than imitate the opulent people, it's better that you avoid the whole misunderstanding and listen to the Acharya. He's trying to change the activities of both groups. He's endeavoring because he's the most confidential servant of the Lord, which means he understands what the Lord wants. He wants all the living entities to step out of this material world and stop their selfish, independent quest to enjoy and return to the spiritual platform of loving devotional service. So a real Acharya is the most compassionate, saintly person. He's not taking followers to get opulence and resources from them. He's not exploiting people. Oh, you need this knowledge? What will you give me for it? No. He freely gives knowledge, transcendental knowledge, to someone who is sincere. Because it's not a matter of opulence or not opulence. He has no interest in opulence. He's already got the greatest opulence. He has service to God. He's a confidential servitor. He's on the inside. So the Acharya is rare. And there's, there's not just one, there's several. There are, there are especially empowered Acharyas who should be given total respect by every other living entity on the planet.
because he's such a confidential servitor of the Lord. He's so empowered by the Lord. He has such a specific duty given to him by the Lord that he is on a platform above all others. And to criticize him or to neglect him or neglect his order is a very unfavorable act. And anyone with just a little spiritual awareness, little spiritual awakening, he always is humble and respectful to the bona fide Acharya who gives of himself, who is completely concerned, constantly compassionate with uplifting the living entities who are confused and lost and being thrown by the waves of this material world and struggling to find their way home. This compassion gradually grows in all saintly persons. It's there prevalent in some of the pious people of our society. And they are candidates for raising themselves to the platform of giving instruction and uh, being more compassionate upon the living entities who don't understand what the goal of life is. Why are we here? So the other aspect of, of this that is of concern is that whenever you find the topmost platform of anything, you find imitators. People who think they're qualified, people who think they're the top, people who think they're advanced, but they're not really. I don't care if you're talking about car racing. There are guys that swear up and down they're the fastest, the most competent, capable, accurate, magnificent qualities of a race driver, and yet they can never finish a race. But they think they are. And we have the same thing in spiritual knowledge. People who believe, I understand all the scriptural injunctions. I see all of these in proper perspective and how they work together to form a strength, a pattern, a platform to uh, pull oneself out of the material contamination. But they don't. There are people who try to advertise themselves as an acharya. There are people who try to take advantage of others who don't know what an acharya is and take opulence from them. This is prevalent in uh, this day and age. It's prevalent in most every field. There are bogus everythings and there are bona fide everythings, whether it's politicians or people or car drivers or uh, school teachers, whatever the category. In this day and age, there are truly wonderful people, and then there are complete bogus pretenders. So we have to be cautious that there are also bogus pretending acharyas. They may make a show because they've watched the acharya, or they've listened to the acharya. And they may repeat what portions of the acharya's instructions that they believe will be beneficial to them or to convince someone that they know what they're talking about. But this doesn't necessarily mean that they know how to liberate someone from this cycle of birth and death. The bona fide acharya, that is his only business because that is the Lord's business. He wants to see the misguided living entities return to their normal condition of eternal loving devotional service in the spiritual world with other servants of God of the highest caliber. So this is 
the Lord's wish, therefore it's the desire of the confidential servant of the Lord, the Acharya, and therefore it is the desire of the servants of the Acharya, of other realized souls, of any great souls, of any spiritual teachers or gurus, it's all the same chain. The Lord doesn't change his mind, what he's, his intent, what he's planning on. He's simply trying to encourage. It's either you dovetail yourself with the Lord's desire or you don't. Your free will. But that's what the opportunity is that's provided to you. It's provided through the chain of disciplic succession starting at the Acharya. Because he is the most confidential servant. Now, you or I or anyone here in this material world can become a portion of that disciplic chain. We can raise up to a compassionate conception and perspective of life. We can control the mind and senses and give up the desire to just enjoy ice cream, I don't know, racing, sex, playing, games, whatever. Simply wasting time for the buzz, the dopamine. We can give those up and actually dovetail our abilities, dovetail our capacities, capabilities with the desire of the Lord. And we become more and more and more involved, engaged in the Lord's plan. And it's no secret. Everyone is saying the Lord's plan is to revive the consciousness of the living entities who are rotting in this material world, thinking enjoyment is the goal. So this is an opportunity for you, for me, for everybody. And we can achieve it if we follow the instructions of the self-realized soul, the fully realized Acharya, and those that are following him. The, those that follow the Acharya, they don't uh, manufacture anything. They don't concoct anything. They don't speculate anything. They simply repeat what the Acharya has given you and follow in his footsteps. This opens the door. The Acharya is the trailblazer because he's the most confidential servant. He's given realization, knowledge that this is the path. This is the Lord's plan. And you can be brought in on the plan. And you can be useful. Your work can be fruitful. You can be satisfied. You can free yourself and you can free others. But you don't become the Acharya. You don't replace these fully realized God-conscious souls. You simply serve them. And this is not a proximity issue, I want to add. It's not that you're a servant of the Acharya when you're with him and you're nonsense otherwise. It's not that you try to take his chair or his role or his uh, position or his prestige or power. You know, no, 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 no. You're his servant wherever you are, wherever he is, and it never changes. It doesn't matter how many people may follow you. It doesn't matter how many people understand or don't understand, how many people you help or don't help. You're always the servant of the Acharya. Everybody. One may know 20%, one may know 80%, one may know whatever percentage, but you never become the Acharya. You can become an Acharya of sorts, a guru, a spiritual master, an instructor, a teacher in spiritual science. You can have all these other classifications and categories. 
But you're never the purified soul who's on a confidential platform with the Supreme Personality of God yet. The Lord may wish to engage you in another service and have a direct relationship with you. That's fine. But you never consider that you've uh, surpassed the Acharya who freed you from illusion. This is simply an offense, an illusion of arrogance. So this mentality keeps one humble and respectful. And you realize how the Lord is constantly working on his own plan, with his own confidential servants, and he's always recruiting new ones who are serious, who are sincere, who are selfless, who are honest, who are humble. Those are the ones the Lord recruits. Those are the ones the spiritual master recruits and uh, recommends to the Lord. Lord, there is this boy. There is this girl. They have a good heart. They want to serve you. They are serving me so nicely. And by helping me, I'm doing better service for you. Please use them, engage them in, in service as you see fit. So this platform is one of grace, divine grace. This platform can be achieved by most everyone if you can be selfless and humble. You cannot challenge, you cannot force, you cannot arrogantly take a post, you cannot cheat others, you cannot exploit others. All it does is disqualify you. And you may think you're doing good, but you've fallen back down into the struggle for existence. So, we are to respect the Acharya in all circumstances. We are to approach the Acharya and ask for his guidance. Ask for answers to your questions. Offer to render service. Menial, simple, whatever is required. Service. Uh, earning his grace. Earning his uh, compassion. The Acharya is full of compassion. This is the primary characteristic of an Acharya. He has serious interest in the welfare of the people. Because that's the Lord's perspective. And if we have serious respect for that, we don't change that regardless of what we learn or how we grow who we become or what our particular service develops into. We always recognize and respect the ocean of compassion that's in the spiritual acharya. And that's why he is the most confidential servant of the Lord. We should never lose sight of that. We should always be humble in the presence of the spiritual master. We should always think ourselves a servant of the spiritual master. We should always give the uh, knowledge of the spiritual master as his knowledge I'm delivering to you, sir. Not my knowledge. And we should bring everyone to his feet to learn. We can instruct, we can begin the process, we can uh, encourage them along, we can advise them, uh, different, uh, answer different questions. But the root of it is all back to the Acharya because everything I can advise you, I learned from the Acharya. So why should I say, oh, you should follow me. I'm just a student too. You should follow the Acharya, he's the master. And we can all become students under the master. That's the humble position. 
That's the guaranteed path. You will get divine grace. It will never be extracted. It will never be uh, taken away from you. You will always be benevolently inclined toward you. So even if you may fall down and get confused, have a problem, hit a rut in the road, he doesn't turn against you. He helps you up. He continues to bring you to that higher state of compassion, truthful, loving, caring, serving person. This is the extent of the mercy, the extent of the compassion of the Acharya. Very, very deep. So come to spiritual consciousness by understanding the qualities of the Acharya and recognizing what we're talking about. Recognizing his characteristics and qualities. The Acharya for this age is the empowered supreme personality of his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. His disciples simply call him Srila Prabhupada. He's so merciful. He's not looking for a title or anything like that. He receives your respect on behalf of his spiritual master and on behalf of the Lord. He is a confidential servant of the Lord. And he accepts your sincerity. It goes directly to the feet of the Lord. This is the most direct, rapid path to self-realization and love of God. Follow Srila Prabhupada. Read his books. Bhagavad Gita as it is. Find that book. Read that book. Compare it to anything you wish. You will be benefited. You will understand. You will grow in humbleness and truthfulness and awareness and knowledge. And you will become more saintly. You will become more empowered. You will become more fulfilled. Return to your normal state of eternal loving service of the Lord. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.